You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NBA today with NBA player, Locked On Podcast Network analyst Trevor Booker. And heavy action last night, 12 games. So Trevor and I will kind of dance around the 12 Um and touch on a few notes, big picture notes on a bunch of them, zero in on a few games, and then ramble about some NBA things um, as well. I think the stunner of the night has to be Phoenix upending Boston, 111-103. I like to refer to them as the Fighting Igors because um, of my good friend Igor Kakashkov, but they've won four, they've won four in a row, and um, a little bit surprising for Boston to, to you know, kind of slip back after they look so good for a while. I know you got a chance to catch some of that one. Uh, what was your thought on where on what's going on with? Let's start with Boston. It's probably a bigger headline than they lost in Phoenix one. But I want to touch on Devin Booker and Aton and what Igor's building as well. But what's your thought on what you saw out of Boston there? Yeah, it was a big shocker to me uh, just watching the game. <clears throat> you know, the whole game it was, it was pretty close. I was like, you know, at some point Boston is going to pull away, especially being at home. They just kept watching, you know, usually when teams, you know, stick around, that's when you give them a, you know, a confidence booster. And that's exactly what happened. You know, Phoenix already had one three in a row. So, you know, they just got their confidence. Um, And, you know, the fourth quarter, they started to pull away. Phoenix did. And I was like, wow. And I was still expecting Boston to come back and, you know, and win the game. But uh, Phoenix just didn't let it happen. I, I thought Boston, you know, I thought they had, you know, figured everything out and they were going in the right direction, but I think they took a step back, you know, last night. They Even get, though Phoenix is playing well. They get thin pretty fast, right? Al Horford's out. Now Aaron Baines just broke his hand and is out for a while. If there's one concern on that roster build, it's that if Al Horford ages at all and then if Aaron Baines gets hurt, which just happened, that I, I don't know what they're going to play for center and power forward minutes here for the next period of time. Yeah, yeah, that'll be very interesting. Um, but even you know, with those two guys out, um, you know, who are they're a big part of their team. They still have so much talent on that team. I expect them, you know, still to win pretty easily at home. Um, but I guess you just realize how how important those two pieces are. Where, what do you think Jalen Brown is going through? I mean, here's a guy who in the playoffs last year they asked so much out of, and now all of a sudden. He just, I mean, looks lost. He's last five games shooting 29%, 25% from three, 40% for the season. Uh, so, seems just to be having a hard time finding where he belongs. What do you think he's going through right now? Uh, it, it's pretty tough to tell. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that he's, you know, still trying to find his role now that Gordon and Kyrie is back. Um, he's trying to, you know, fill out, you know, what role they want him to play. Um, what shots they want him to take. It's, it's just, um, as if, you know, everybody has, you know, the green light. So it, it's pretty tough. It's, it's probably just, you know, tough for him with Gordon coming back and him, you know, trying to fit back into the rotation. You know, I think Gordon is in a similar situation as Jalen Brown. He's trying to figure out his role and, you know, how he fits in the offense and, you know, how he's going to get himself going. So, they have, you know, a lot of talent, but they're just trying to figure out, you know, how to put it together right now. They've been playing pretty well recently, and that talent seems to be figuring out. How, how much different is it for Jalen in the sense that he hasn't been paid yet? 
right? Gordon can be fuddling with it, but Gordon's Gordon's been paid, right? He's got his forty million dollars. Yeah. How different is it for yeah. Jalen that he hasn't established his value, hasn't been to an All Star game, hasn't figured out who he is yet to be going through this? Yeah, that, that makes it tougher, you know. If you haven't been paid, um, you know that money is always on your mind. So you know when you get out there on the court, you, you you're putting extra pressure on yourself. You know, I have to produce, I have to do this, I have to do that. Um, you know, because you know players have individual goals that they want to you know accomplish. So it makes it harder. One of my most eye-opening interviews I ever had in my career. This was long, long, long time ago. But do you remember Kenny Anderson? Yep. Kenny, yep. Kenny Anderson out of Georgia Tech, and he was playing for, I think, the New Jersey Nets at the time, and he had just gotten his contract. He gotten paid. And I said to him, I said, what, what's the biggest impact this has on you? And he said, looks me right in the eye on the record and says, now I can play to win. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is, you know. You know, players, you know, if they haven't been paid yet, especially if they're if it's in their contract year or, you know, extension year, it's a lot of pressure on you. People don't realize that. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, just go out there and do whatever it takes, you know, for the team to win. But it's it's, it's easier said than done because, you know, the, the guys want to get paid. So they want to put on their, you know, best individual performances. Um, but at the same time, if the team is winning – uh, you're definitely more likely to get paid than if y'all are losing. Phoenix Suns, what do you see out of that group that's won four straight? Um, I think it, it's a young group. You know, it's figuring it out. I think, you know, the addition to uh, of Kelly Oubre is, was tremendous for them. He's a, you know, a very good player. And I think they brought him in, you know, he's up for an extension, I think. And I, I think they brought him in to see you know, how he would fit with the team and, and see if that's a player that they would like to pay, you know, in in the future uh, or next year. But I think, you know, adding him is huge for them. He's a, he's a, a great young player. Uh, San Antonio blows out Orlando by 30 last night. Orlando yeah. is 14 and 16. And I don't know if there's a specific conversation to be had about who they are. I'm just more curious on why a team like that, they beat the Jazz in Mexico City. However, they lost to Dallas by 34. They beat the Heat. They lose to, you know, they, they play the Warriors tight. They lose to, why is it, what is it about a team that they have that wide of fluctuation? Is that a you thing? You don't have a star that can bail you out when things go wrong? What is that, when you see that in a team, Trevor, what do you see? Um, well, the Magic, they've been up and down so much this season. Um, I, I think it's, it's due to, you know, some nights they just bring the energy and some nights they don't. I'm not sure if um, what it contributes to. But, you know, they have a lot of talent. Some nights, you know, they they go out there and look, you know, great. And some nights they just go out and, and lay an egg, like last night. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, what's going on with it. But um, I don't know, honestly. Well, they didn't have Vuk last night, so that's that's probably a little bit of a piece of that one. Uh, Toronto, yeah, who's their best player? And he's been great. Uh, Toronto, Indiana yeah. last night, good one late. Toronto just put the clamps down defensively on Indiana, outscored him twenty-four to eleven in the fourth. Raptors. Yeah, Indy to... gave that game away. Tell me a little bit. I didn't see this one. What do you What do you see in this one? Yeah, Indy gave it away. They were up. 
uh, in the fourth quarter the whole time. Um, and, you know, they were up. I can't remember how much they were up in the in the last minute. Um, I think they, mm, what happened? They had a costly turnover. I think it was uh, my man Vic. He turned the ball over with maybe 30, 40 seconds left, and they were up. Um, and I was like, man, it's going to cost them. And it, and it really did end up costing them the game. They were up, and then uh, somebody came down and hit a big shot for Toronto, and I was like, man, that hurts. And it was a two-for-one two possession uh, when they hit that shot. And so they got the uh, opportunity for a last shot, and, man, that turnover really hurt. Van Vliet hit the big one. Um, that's, that's what it was, yeah. Um Let's talk some more. We'll talk more in a second here about Indiana uh, with Trevor because they're really surprisingly good at twenty and twelve. Trevor played for Nate McMillan. He's not thought of or given credit as one of the better coaches in the league. Maybe we'll get an insight on on what Nate does well. We'll continue. Fun little promotion going on by the way on our show Locked On Jazz with a company called Level Nine Sports dot com. They're a ski company. Uh, L Nine Sports dot com slash Locked on Jazz, and you get a chance to enter in to win a pair of free skis, the Vocal, vocal Mantra skis. That's level9sports.com slash Locked on Jazz or L9 Sports, nine being the number, sports.com, L9sports.com slash Locked on Jazz. Continuing with Trevor Booker, I know Nate well. I covered him for a long time in Seattle. I'm probably a little biased because... You know, known him forever. Uh, he's never talked about with Brad Stevens and Quinn Snyder and Mike D'Antoni and Greg Popovich. Um, and you know, he kind of brussels when he want when you want to talk analytics with him. And he's just play hard. Don't I don't know how many times you heard him say this, but don't f with the game um, was the comment he made yeah. about a million times in Seattle. I don't know. <laughs> he if he's, says it all the time. <laughs> yeah, don't f the game. It will f you. Um, yeah. What is it? What is it about Nate? Clearly a much better coach than he's given credit for by the media. Like what you played for him. What is it he does well? Um, he relates to the players. You know, he's an ex player. Uh he so he he really knows the game. Uh he respects the game <laughs> as you said. Um, but he really relates to the players and I think that's huge. Uh, you know, the players really respect him. He really knows his basketball and you know, the play, he has his players playing hard, playing hard and playing the right way. And another thing, um, give, I think, you know, you have to give that management staff, uh, you know, some credit. Uh, they put some, you know, some great pieces in that organization. And, you know, they just fit the right pieces together. Well, how does a coach get a team to play hard? Uh, you know, if you just got to be – you know, straight up with the players. If if you don't play hard, you don't play. Um, and, you know, Nate is one of those guys. If you're out there, if you're not giving it your all and not playing the right way, he's not afraid to sit you. Uh, that's the thing. And, you know, he, he has uh, full approval from management, you know, to um, implement, you know, his coaching style. When can a coach get away with getting in your face, maybe dropping a bomb or two? For not playing hard, and when is it the moment where you're like, you know what, back at you? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you can't do that with every player. Some players, you know, take it differently. Um, you know, but Nate, he's one of those guys where 
he's usually not going to do that. He's going to he he has to sit down and have a talk with you and be straight up, uh, have a man to man talk and, and let you know what you need to do, um, and tell you straight up. You know, if you don't do it, you're not going to be able to, you know, um, get on the court. Uh, so not not all coaches do it, but <clears throat> some some coaches, you know, they do it, and, but they can't really do it to every player because some players will take it the wrong way and it'll start whatever. Um, so you just got to be careful with who you do it to. You played for Quinn Snyder in his opening years as a coach. Um, have you ever w- played for a coach that prepared more than him? Um, let me think of my coaches. No, 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 definitely not. Um, <laughs> Coach Q is—he's he, different. He's definitely different from, you know, the, all the rest of the coaches that I've played for. He's just such a smart guy. He understands the game, the X's and O's. He understands, you know, everything about the game. Uh, some people refer to him as a genius, um, and, and I'm one of those people. He just knows the game so well, and and breaks everything down and makes it easier for the players. So, if you're playing for one of these coaches. Let, the mm-hmm. contrast to this is interesting. So you're playing for a Quinn Snyder who you're not sure if he slept the night before, right, as you're getting mm-hmm. ready for just game 52 of the regular season. It doesn't, like, and in shoot-around that day, he moves you one step from the elbow to one step outside because it changes the angle and wants you to switch your hips a little bit and is to that level of detail. What does that give you as a player? It makes you, you know, think about the game. Um, you know, if he tells you, but the thing about him, if he tells you to move from the elbow to, you know, just two inches up, um, higher than the elbow, he's going to tell you why he told you to do that, why he told you to make that move and explain everything. That's the thing about him. He's so detailed, but at the same time, he's going to explain to you, you know, why he wanted you to do something. And it just makes you think about the game even more. And it just he just makes you a smarter player overall. Once you play for him, you kind of look at you know some of the other coaches like, wow, how are you even you know in the NBA? Uh, he's just so detailed and uh, he's just such a genius. We always talk about a locker room. You know, coach loses the locker room. Were you ever on a team where the coach lost the locker room? Uh yeah, definitely. So I'm not gonna. Call out the team. No, sure, sure. Yeah, well, definitely. How does that ha- how does that happen? Is it one guy? Is it five guys? Is it a dinner where everyone suddenly ex- shares the thought they've been thinking for three weeks? How does it happen that 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 ha- that happens? Um, sometimes it's just one guy, and then it trickles down. Sometimes it's you know multiple guys at once. Uh, it's usually you know when you're having a bad season and losing, uh, you just get tired of losing and. You have to blame somebody. So usually, you know, it's the coach, uh, you know, the players. Sometimes it's just one guy speaking his mind in the locker room. Then other guys are like, oh, yeah, that's, that's true, you know. Uh, then everybody just started, you know, to blame it on the coach. So, you know, it could go either way. Uh, back to the games last night and just teams in general. Who have you seen this year that you're like, oh, they're great? Like, what teams have you seen this year that they you've looked at them like, okay, you know, great might be too strong, but, you know, really, really good. Who, who's jumped off to you and said, oh, they have it? Um, I think, you know, Denver. 
Denver is really good, and they're missing a lot of pieces right now. Um, they're missing Will Barton, uh, Gary Harris. Um, it was somebody else that they're missing. Paul, but you Paul know, Millsap they're, they're, a little bit. Yeah, Paul Millsap, that's who it is. You know, and but they're still playing well, and they're still number one in the in the West right now. Um, so they they're a really good team that I think you know can make some noise uh, if healthy in the playoffs. Uh, Golden State is getting getting it together, but there's no surprise. Um, in Toronto, Toronto is uh, very good, a very deep um, team. I think I think. Uh, they will probably come out of the East this year. Um, Oklahoma City is playing well right now, but I think they're one piece away from being a real contender. Um, but they're playing well, especially Paul George. He's He's been having monster games lately, and Russ is doing Russ with the triple-doubles. So it's going to be tough you know, to slow them down. But I still think they're one piece away from being a contender you know, to to come out of the West. You know I like my numbers, Trevor, which means that I don't quite think I understand Russ. So, like, I don't like round numbers. Like, I find the triple-double thing really irrelevant. Like, he was just terrible against the Jazz in a game I called recently. He got a triple-double. He was, like, 4 of 18 yeah. shooting. The only reason the Jazz were in the game was because he was just awful. And then the headline for ESPN was Russell Westbrook with his eighth triple-double. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, five <laughs> other guys had better games. Um yeah, and and then I and then I don't know if you remember it, but Game Five last year, Russell put together the single most incredible performance I've ever seen in 25 years in the league. I mean, it was just mind blowing. He single handedly willed his team to a win, like they were irrelevant. He just did it as a force of will. It was awesome, and yet, you know, a team he's led has never won more than 48 games. Maybe they will this year. I, I just, I'm very, very, very stuck. I, I can't decide what I think. and what I, Well, I think I know, but I, I can't figure out why I, why I really honestly think he prevents them from winning enough games. Um, I just think they're just one piece away. They're just one piece away from, you know, being that team that, you, that you're talking about um, and, and winning more games in the playoffs and, and winning more games in the regular season. I think, you know, Paul George is, is helping them a lot. But at the same time, uh, Russ, even, you know, when he's having a bad game, he's putting so much pressure on the other team because, you know, you have to pay him a lot of attention because if he gets going, he's so explosive and he can just, you know, take over the game. So he's putting pressure on the, on the other team at all times. Okay. But I think if they had that, yeah, I think if they had that one other piece, they would, you know, really compete with Golden State, uh, for you know the Western Conference, All right, I'm gonna be a little bit of a jackass here, um, and you can decide. What you, and you're welcome to tell me I'm full of crap. <laughs> we think of Russ as always a top ten player in the league, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, if we gave every other top ten player in the league, Paul George, Stephen Adams, Dennis Schroeder off the bench, I think Grant's really good. Would they need another star? Would they need another piece? It really depends on which top ten player you're talking about, what position. If it's LeBron, of course not. <laughs> right. You, <laughs> he, he's just different. Yeah. But, but it, it depends on. But like I put, uh, if I put Harden on that team, they're better than the Rockets. If you put Harden on Paul George, Stephen Adams, OKC. yeah, trade Harden for Westbrook, they're better than the Rockets, right? 
Um, let me see. Harden, Stephen Adams, Paul George. Ooh. Like I think they win the West. Ooh. No, no way. I don't think so. I think they're better with Russ. No, really? I I I really do. I re- it's, it's, oh, that's tough to say. That's tough to say. That's really tough to say. That's really tough to say. Put Anthony Davis on that team and let Schroeder play point guard. Mm. Without Russ? Yeah. Put Anthony Davis. Paul George, No, Steven they won't Adams. win the West. Okay. They won't win the West. I don't know. I, just I, have... I would say they'll be, be pretty... Status quo, they'll stay the same. I think. I think it's interesting the idea. The, I, I don't. I think absolutely what you said is right, Trevor. That they need another piece, but to me, then that's a sh- like indirectly, that's a statement about Russ because he already has Paul George and Stephen Adams. What else does he need? Um, he's he's still missing that one <laughs> solid piece, other than Paul George and Stephen Adams. I'm not sure what it is. I, I was actually laying in bed last night thinking about it. You know, OKC, you know, after I watched them play, you know, what else do they need? Because they don't they don't have enough to win a championship right now. But they're missing their, their, their one piece. He's Trevor Booker, NBA player, Locked On Podcast Network analyst with us. Make sure you follow Locked On NBA Net on both Instagram and on Twitter. Tomorrow on Locked On NBA will be Adam and Anthony with their fun Friday show. We'll come back with more with Trevor, talk a little bit about the Jazz win over the Warriors last night. We've talked some OKC. Sack's pretty darn good. They got beat last night. We'll talk about them uh, as well. Coming up as we continue on Locked on NBA. All right, we never want to worry about the Warriors. Anytime you worry about the Warriors, you're making a mistake. But they did just get blown out by the Raptors and lose to the Jazz in some of their recent games. They beat Memphis in the meantime. They've won some other good games in this standpoint. Uh, Steph Curry said last night, we got to get back to being dominant. What's going to make them get back to being dominant? Um, Just having everybody together. Uh, You know, Steph has been out. So, you know, they really struggled without Steph uh, for a while. But he's he's back now. So I think, you know, everything will fall into place. I don't think anybody should, you know, start worrying uh, about Golden State. I think they're still going to come out the West. Um, it's just a matter of time before they, you know, start back rolling and start, you know, dominating everybody again. Some people on Twitter last night who actually good basketball people, not just anyone, felt like the close of last night by the Warriors was a team that was non-cohesive. I, I called the game. I didn't feel that or see it. I don't know if you got the chance to watch late in that game or if you'd switched over to OKC and SAC by that point. Um, but do you see a lack of cohesiveness on that floor? Um, by them, they they weren't, you know, that wasn't a thirty assist Warrior team last night. They were down about fifteen assists. Yeah, um, no, I I think people are worrying too much and just, you know, they're trying to find something to point towards. Um, you know, when they lose, um, I think the Warriors are going to be the Warriors. You know, whether they win or lose, they're going to you know get shots up. They're going to move the ball. Some nights their shots are falling more than others. Um, so I think people are, you know, are just, you know, trying to find something to point towards. Um, but like I said, I don't, I don't think, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's nothing to worry about. They're gonna, they're gonna come out the west. How 
game-changing is Rudy Gobert? <laughs> Big-time game-changing. I don't think he gets enough credit for it. You know, even when he's not you know, blocking shots, he's alternating shots. Uh, he's just such a, uh, a long body, long big body at the rim. You know, it's hard to, to go around him. And, you know, he's a, a monster on the offensive glass. So he, you know, he changes the game um, in ways that people, you know, don't even, you know, recognize. It's, and since he's a, a, you know, dominant defensive player over offense, a player, you know, he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. I mean, it's interesting last night. He was the best player on the floor last night. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of nights, but he doesn't get the recognition. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to understand what defense – and it's interesting because we don't value it at all, right? Like, I just so give you background, I was on this kick last year that Rudy was a top-10 player in the NBA, and people just thought I was insane. And I'm like, well, how else do you explain that the Jazz are, like, pacing while they're hot to win 50-plus games, they end up winning 48 after coming back – Without any like without any other player on that roster who you would really say like oh that's a star like Donovan was fabulous last year but the idea that that roster is winning games it's only because they're the number one defensive team in the league and he's the reason why they're the number one defensive team in the league exactly and you know I think about it a lot um, and it, and it, it really makes me mad that people you know just overlook defense it's it's all about offense you know when you're talking about the best players in the league. They, it's the it's, it's people are talking about the best offensive players. They don't throw defense in anywhere. I was watching. Um, I was watching. I can't remember what game it was. It was on NBA NBA TV a, a few nights ago, and it was a players only uh, game. And they were talking about the best players in the league, and they just brought up you know all offensive players, and you know they they were talking about the top three players in the league, a uh, top five. They were saying LeBron, uh, Ante uh Steph Curry, KD, and I think Anthony Davis. And, you know, it really made me mad that they don't consider, you know, they don't think about two-way players. I'm like, how can you not put Kawhi Leonard in there, um, you know, with his defense? Um, they, they just overlook defense so much that it makes me mad. Can we have a really honest conversation here for a second? For sure. When you get your chance, could you please do players only and do it well? I would love to do that. If I got the opportunity, I would love to do it. I think we would love it if you did it too. If you Maybe get, we should start a petition. If you get what, if you get what I'm stay, saying about players only. <laughs> definitely, I definitely get it. <laughs> All right. On, on that note, anything do we leave out? Oh, we didn't really. I wanted. To, what's your thoughts on Sack? Is that a playoff team, or you think that just comes to an end at some point here? Um, I think it's going to come to an end at some point. But those I watched them last night, and those young players are amazing. De'Aaron Fox, uh, he's on the verge of being an All Star. You know, not in the future, but this year. You know, he's having a tremendous year. Buddy Hill, he's playing. You know, he's having an All Star type year. They have some. You know, some great young pieces to build around. And I think they have a, a great coach that, that that's getting them playing, you know, playing the right way and playing very confident. You know, you make, sprinkling some, some veteran leadership in there. You know, they have a bright future. Um, you didn't decide to watch Memphis-Portland go back to 1986 last night? 
<laughs> I didn't get to see that game. So their pace of play last night, you know, everyone's talking about pace of play, the old seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns team that everyone you know, blew away pace would now be the slowest pace of play team in the league. And I think average yeah. pace of play right now is about 105 possessions a game or something of the sort. Um, yeah. Last night, the Blazers and Grizzlies played a game that had 87 possessions. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, sound like, that sounds like the old Grizzlies right there. It was. It, Zach Randolph and Marcus All. It might have been the old Grizzlies. It might have been the Zach Randolph Grizzlies against the Zach Randolph Blazers, actually, in a very weird time machine event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Trevor, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us on Locked in NBA. Keep your rehab going well, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. All right. I appreciate it a lot.